0: The following program is sponsored by the Allworth Law Firm. Lamentations 521 tells us, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Almost everyone is dealing with recovery of some sort. It could be from addiction, pain, divorce, sin, separation, depression, job loss, or being stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and destructive behavior. Recovery through a relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation of healing and growing anew. Listen as Pastor Alworth shares how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ has turned his life around, will help you and your loved ones recover and be restored in his name. God wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Keep listening. Recovery through Christ with Pastor John Alworth starts now.
1: Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. I hope wherever you are, you're getting a little rain, but if you're on the you're on the highway, then I hope you're being careful. Uh, Highways are probably slick. So, uh, Mike, how are we doing? I'm getting a little echo here. Everything okay? We're sound and fine, Pastor John. Okay, good deal. Good deal. All right, praise the God. Praise the Lord. All right, well, let's pray. Father God, we come to you today with uh, just such gratitude on our hearts. You are such a wonderful, loving, kind God, and we just ask that we turn our faith and our attention back to you, and that you will heal our land. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to talk today about recovery, of course, but we're going to center it more on, I think, probably, I'm guessing that more people who can hear my voice, certainly live, are not in recovery. In other words, not that they're in addiction, that they don't have a problem with addiction and, in fact, um, may wonder why they're listening to this program. But I'll tell you why you should listen, because addiction is a pandemic in our country and indeed in the world uh, that's been with us for millennia. Um, we have paid a lot of attention, as we should, uh, to the COVID pandemic, and I don't mean to minimize it because I know a lot of people lost their lives in it, Very terrible thing, and I'm I'm so grateful that we're through the worst of it. But the truth of the matter is, we've been in a pandemic with addiction for millennia, and it's it's not something that started um, in 2020 or in 2010 or in 2000. Uh, It started uh, before Jesus, uh, and it's been with us. and And the truth of the matter is. There is a vaccine for this pandemic called addiction, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I believe that with all my heart because I've lived it. So I want to talk to people out there who are dealing with family members, uh, loved ones, perhaps a father, a mother, uh, like I did growing up, uh, perhaps a a son or a daughter, uh, perhaps a nephew, uh, a niece, uh, someone in your family venture to say if you can hear my voice, you know someone very close to you who is dealing with addiction. And maybe they're hiding it, maybe they're not. Or maybe they think they're hiding it and, and, and you know about it and everybody else knows about it. And it could be a coworker, a neighbor, somebody that you really care about. So that's kind of my emphasis today because I think in these times it is very difficult for us to have patience. You know, we just had we just had the Fourth of July. We had Independence Day. And what a wonderful uh, holiday that we celebrate, this great nation that we're still free to worship the Lord in. And that's not the case all around the world. Uh, We're also about to head into 2024, into a very divisive political season. And I know that there are a lot of things out there that are making Christians angry. Um, There is... In fact, the Bible tells us that in the end days, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. And as Christians, it is our job to love people. Somebody told me something the other day, and they said, God will judge, the Holy Spirit will convict, and our job is to love. And sometimes with all the things that are going on, the divisiveness that we get from the media, the divisiveness that we feel because some of us feel really strongly, on one side of the political spectrum or another the kinds of things that are glorified on tv uh you know i don't understand the the gender confusion again i'm not condemning anybody that's not my job uh my job is to love people but it is confusing to me i don't understand this thing with the pronouns i don't understand how anyone could have a child undergo gender modification uh, we've got I, I saw there were 19 mass shootings or something like that across the country over the July 4th weekend. We've got drug cartels taking over portions of entire countries. We've got prisons overflowing, school shootings. We've got um, millions of Americans who are suffering from addiction, at least depending on the statistics. The lowest statistics I've ever seen is 20 million Americans. And out of those, only one out of 20 will get help this year. So we've just got all kinds of things going on. And, of course, the Bible tells us that man knows the time or hour when Jesus is coming. back. But many people, including my pastor, believe that that time is near. Many people believe that the book of Revelation is playing out before our ears. I mean, before our eyes, I'm sorry, and our ears, for that matter. Um, since we're on the radio, that's appropriate. So, you know, what's a Christian to do? And this, is, this talk is uh, based on a sermon that I gave, and it was uh, the genesis of it. Was indeed thinking about July Fourth and thinking about the political season because, as Christians, I'm not telling people not to have a a. When I gave this sermon, in fact, at church, I, I wore a shirt that said Jesus 2024, and I'm not telling people not to have uh, political uh, feelings, opinions, participation. I'm not telling anybody not to do that, but we don't need it with the kind of divisiveness that we see in our country right now. We, we get on Facebook, and people are so angry at each other, and, you know, we're, we're not called to to, to to hate one another. We're called to love one another, even when we have differences of opinion. I mean, the Bible tells us that, that do not love the world, do not be part of this world. It tells us to love God and that God is love. Uh, 1 John uh do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not with him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. We've got to remember that. It's not worth—this is a temporary home that we live in. This is not our permanent home, and we've got to remember that. We've got to love one another. You know, if people are lost, and they're lost in sin, as I was it for a big part of my life, you're not going to attract people into the kingdom of God by by being divisive, by being critical, by condemning. Uh, you're going to attract people into the kingdom of God by loving them. God put people in my path at the right time who were loving to me, who were open to me. Now, I'm not saying that you should – there's a big difference between loving somebody and enabling them, and we'll talk about that earlier, a little bit later. But we've got to be, we've got to be careful that we don't get angry. Uh, you know, I was re- researching this and I saw essays and books that have been written. It's called the Angry Christian, and it's easy to do in our time because as First Peter five eight tells us, the devil, our enemy, is be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and he is devouring uh, at a great rate right now. And a- again, going back to the end times. Um, many people believe that we see that uh, in our society right now. But I do know this, that more people under the age of 45 have overdosed on fentanyl than have died from COVID. And people are ODing uh, as we speak right now, somewhere in this country. People are getting in automobile accidents because they're drunk and they can't drive right now in this country. I mean, during the course of this show, we'll have I don't know what the number is, but 100 people OD and, and 50 people getting in in wrecks with automobile accidents and either kill themselves or somebody else. It is a pandemic and it is affects everyone in society. And, and it's no wonder because the Bible tells us that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And and we 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 glorify partying. We glorify all these. You know, when you're growing up, you've got all these peer pressure to drink and to do drugs and be cool. And you know, even on these phones that, I, in fact, I've called in. You may have figured that out. I hope the sound is good. But I'm calling in right now on a, on a smartphone. Well, our kids can get on these smartphones and get addicted to pornography. I mean, sin is everywhere. Again, Matthew twenty four twelve, sin will be rampant everywhere. This is the New Living Translation. And the love of many will grow cold, or will wax cold, in the King James. So, what's a Christian to do? Well we don 't need to get angry, I can tell you that anger stems from primarily from fear or from ego or frustration or lack of control and we see all these societal changes that we can 't control and that we don 't approve of and we, and we and we want to get angry and we get it on Facebook and we put our hope in self help books and people and particularly in politicians and and, and that's that 's not the answer
0: um it
1: it just isn't um joe biden can't solve our problems donald trump can't solve our problems no president no king the only one that can solve our problems is the king of Kings, the lord of lords the prince of peace jesus christ and that's where you need to put your faith I'm, I'm not i've got my own political opinions but i'm not trying to go be political i'm trying to tell us where we need to to to, to turn our attention uh, The Republican Party platform is not truth. The Democratic Party platform is not truth. The only truth is the Bible that I'm holding in my hands right now. And the the word tells us, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's where we need to get our strength from. That's where we need to get our hope from. That's where we need to get our guidance from. Again, I'm not telling you not to be political, but that can't be your number one priority. Your number priority, one number priority has to be what, how Jesus said it very simply. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're going to attract people into the kingdom of God, as I was saying, people are out there ODing. I, you know, I don't know when Jesus is coming back for sure, but I do know this. I'm about to drive uh, from my home uh, over to the Open Door Mission, and I could get hit by – uh, an 18-wheeler and, and die you know, here in 30 minutes. Oh, Lord, I pray that doesn't happen. Uh, but somebody out there that's listening on the radio, in, uh, in the car, that could happen to you. Somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ could be dying right now. In fact, I know that's happening somewhere in this country. And so the time is short, whether, whether we're in the end times or whether for individuals who are lost, the time is short. And so we've got an obligation to to make disciples of all nations, to preach the gospel to all creation, to be a witness to the ends of the earth of how Jesus Christ has been for us. And that is how we're going to bring people into the kingdom of God. And that's how people are going to get set free from the bond of, of addiction, is when they find a relationship with Jesus Christ. I see these people that – and again, I don't mean to down downmouth them. I, I, I don't uh, – you know, any rehab is better than, than no recovery. But you see people that go into these 28-day programs and and that don't focus on faith, and there's something like an 80% relapse rate. I mean, you need the strength of the Holy Spirit to overcome whatever bondage it is. And we need the strength of the Holy Spirit in our nation if we're not going to get torn apart. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. And I'm afraid as we are turning to this political season, that that's where we're headed. But the Bible tells us that we are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We're separate and apart. We're not to be part of the world. Do not love the world or anything in it. We're supposed to be disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to be G- disciples in, G- in Jesus Christ, then we need to make him our number one priority. The word says, in, and Jesus said in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, and all things will follow in Second Chronicles 7.14, we see, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I'm praying right now that our country is healed from all this division and all this divisiveness, because that's part of what puts people in bondage. Pride, fear, whatever the bondage may be, addiction. They want to tune out. So they start drinking, and, and before you know it, they're drinking more often. And before you know it, they're drinking every day. And before you know it, they can't function, or at least they, the devil tells them they can't function without a drink. And the same thing for God with with, with alcohol I and mean, with drugs. Now, I'm sorry, I was looking at scripture. So we're not to have this, this spirit of fear, this spirit of anger. 2 Timothy 1.17 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, we need to look at – so we've got all these people out here who are lost. They're in addicts. They're, they're in pride. They're confused about their gender. They're, 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 they're lost. And so what are we to do? Are we supposed to get angry? Are we supposed to reject them? Boy, I really ran out of time. I apologize, because this is the main part of my sermon, my message today. In Luke 9:23, Jesus said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross daily, and follow me. That's That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow him. And Jesus gave us so many examples of how we're to treat people who are lost. You know, the Pharisees and the scribes, they criticized him continually, because he hung out with sinners. We see in in Luke chapter 19, well, let's, let's go to Mark, because this is where my Bible is. Let's go to Mark chapter 2, verse 13. Then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he talked. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as he was dining in Levi's house. This is the tax collector. The tax collectors, of course, were the worst of the worst. They were represented the Roman Empire. They uh, were ripping off uh, their fellow Israelites. Uh, they, they were the bad guys. And as he was dining in Levi's house, who was Matthew, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. That is what we are to do. We are to follow Jesus. We're to be a shining example. People don't want to just hear what you say, they want to see how your actions are, and your actions need to reflect Jesus Christ, the light of Jesus Christ through the world. That that's how we're going to bring people into the kingdom of God. That's how you're going to uh get people out of the bondage of, of addiction, people that you know that you love. You know, I see I'm going over to the open door mission after this, and I see these guys that, that come from broken homes and so many of them have never felt loved. And just showing them attention and showing them that somebody cares and showing the light of Christ and telling them that God loves you. God gave you a purpose. God has never given up on you. God's grace is chasing you down. When you see the light go on in their lives, their eyes, it's just an incredible thing. You know, over at the Open Door Mission. Sixty-one percent of the people that work there are graduates of the program. It's it's a wonderful program, and it's not the only one. There's so many wonderful faith-based programs that are taking people out of the bondage of addiction. We go to Luke 19. I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase here. There was Zacchaeus. I, I never say this right. Zacchaeus. Was a chief tax collector and he was rich. <laughs> so we know right there, he was rich because he's ripping off his fellow Israelites. But he sought out Jesus and he said, he ran ahead and climbed up a tree. And when Jesus came up to that place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he did. And but when they saw him, all the, the they complained, and saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Again, the scribes and the Pharisees. But Zacchaeus said, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because son the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was was lost. And here's my point. We're not to react to all these crazy times, all this sin with anger. Of course, we're not supposed to participate in it. What Jesus started in ministry was the kingdom of God is near. Repent. But when we help someone repent and really change their life and bring them into the kingdom of God, all of heaven rejoices. And the only way we're going to do that is that we show them who our Jesus is. That we show them how much he loves us and how he affected our lives. And we are the light of Christ. You know, the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that we're Jesus' ambassadors on earth. We're his hands and feet. In fact, 2 Corinthians six one says we're God's co-workers. I can't think of any greater honor than to be God's co-worker. What an incredible, wonderful honor to be God's co-worker. So... That's how Jesus treated sinners. We we see these these over and over. John chapter four, the woman at the well. Jesus comes upon her and she and he says to her, "Would you give me a drink of water?" And she she's freaked out because you know uh, first of all she's a Samaritan. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. Secondly, men don't talk to women. Jesus was the convention breaker, and she says, "Why are you asking me?" And he says. That tells her that uh, everyone who drinks of this well will be thirsty again. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will have everlasting life, the water of life. And then he says to her, um, he says, go and call your husband. She says, I have no husband. And Jesus says to her, yes, you have said this well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one with whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. So you see, this woman's living a sin. She's a Samaritan. And I mean, and Jesus offered her the the everlasting water of life. And that's our job—is to do the same thing. There are people dying out there, and they need the everlasting water of life. They need a relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, that woman ran back to her town, paved the way, told everybody who Jesus was and how he was a. Told her everything about her life. They all welcomed him, and then later in the Book of Acts, we see Philip preaching there, and 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 everyone saved. You know, Jesus planted seeds there. Everywhere he went, he planted seeds. So you should never underestimate the seeds that you plant. You may talk to somebody that's that's an alcoholic, and they're hungover, and they don't seem to be receiving you, but you may be planting a seed that may take root. We see this over and over again with Jesus dealing with sinners, the thief on the cross in Luke chapter 23. We see the adulterous woman where Jesus so masterfully got rid of all her, her Stone or all her accusers he said let he who has not sinned pass the first stone well i'm telling you we have all fallen short of the glory of god so none of us can cast that first stone and so he says get up sister but he tells her get up and sin no more that's the kind of love that we need to show people you know the time is short no man knows the time of an hour but the time is short and we need to take advantage of it and we need to love people we need to show them the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is not anger, but love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that's how we respond to all this craziness in the world now. That's how we respond to this sin. We don't fall away where the love of many goes waxes cold. We respond with love. We respond with kindness, not divisiveness, not anger. You know, the... Uh, the Word says in Matthew, it says, the harvest is many, but the workers are few. Be one of the workers. Be one of Jesus' ambassadors. Be one of God's coworkers. That's your purpose. That's what you're called to do. And people are dying out there, and they need your help. I appreciate you tuning in, tuning in today, and I hope this has helped you, because we need a more love in this world, that's for sure. This is Pastor John Allworth, and if uh, you have somebody that is into the bondage of addiction, you can text me at 832-475-8642, and I'll try to get them help. 832-475-8642. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you. We love you here at Recovery Through Christ, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night, and amen.
0: been listening to recovery through christ listen again next wednesday at 5 30. if you missed any of this show you can catch the podcast at kkht.com
1: you are not hidden
0: there's never been a moment you were forgotten You are not hopeless. Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen, I heal you.